Hi, and welcome to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa, the podcast for African entrepreneurs. I'm Jason Delory, serial entrepreneur and innovation specialist, and I have the pleasure of being your host today. And on the show today, we are continuing to follow the journey of participants of the ninth Angel Fair Africa event, being held in Mauritius and taking place this month. Today, I would like to welcome Abdul Aziz Omar, who's based in Kenya and is the CEO and founder of SaveApp. Welcome to the show, Aziz. How are you doing? Pretty cool, Jason. Thank you. It's uh, really nice, you know, being on this uh, podcast. Well, it is a pleasure to have you here. And I think uh, congratulations are in order for making it as part of a participant to the, the ninth Africa Angel Fair. Um, so how, how are you feeling about it? Well, uh, first of all, Jason, thank you for the congratulations. I think, uh, uh, you know, for us, uh, entrepreneurs, when such, you know, uh, humble recognitions come our way, we, you know, we feel some, some, some form of relief and knowing that people actually realize, you know, the kind of good work we're doing. Um, I'm obviously excited, uh, super excited about it. Um, um, nervous, yes, uh, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, it means you're doing good things and all eyes on us. So, yeah, that's a summary of how I feel about it. Definitely. And I think, you know, recognition in the startup ecosystem definitely plays a role. And, and also, you know, that, uh, that ability to shine and, and show yourself on a world stage is great, especially for African entrepreneurs. So we wish you the best of luck. But just to set a, a scene for our audience and to get to know you a little bit better, do you want to tell us a bit about what inspired you to set up your company and, and what is the problem you're trying to solve? Yeah, uh, Jason, so, so in brief, I think uh, everyone of us is aware of, you know, the difficult times we've had uh, all over the world since, uh, you know, the emergence of the COVID-19 virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, virus. And um, sometimes last year, uh, when I was just transitioning from my uh, previous startup to, you know, this startup, um, I was doing some shopping in one of, uh, you know, our local supermarkets. And, um, you know, we have a habit of leaving some spare change in terms of coins that at most times we assume do not have any value. So you can imagine it's in the midst of the pandemic, money is very tight and uh, I'm seeing myself leaving some some spare change. So I went home and I realized it was not only me, but a multitude of people who are actually doing that. And at that critical juncture, uh, almost was everybody was actually relying on their savings. So that kind of gave me, you know, the um, the bulb-like moment, uh, you know, thinking, wow, if everybody's, you know, uh, leaving this spare change that can actually uh, be harnessed to help them later in future, why not come up with a program to enable people, you know, passively save their spare change for future use? And that's how Serap was born. That, that sounds great. And, and what a journey to, to finding that out. And I think, you know, uh, when you mention it, we all do that. I think we, we've all uh, come into the habit of, of doing and leaving that loose change. So, so definitely a problem I can I can relate to. Um, but obviously, we know as as entrepreneurs and startups that that you're bound to face some challenges um, while setting up your company. And and I just wanted to get a bit of an idea of of what have been the biggest challenges and and how you've pushed past those. Ah. Uh... Just interesting, pretty much. So when uh, we came up with the concept, the first thing we did is come up with the name Serap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we realized Serap is a good name, but uh, for our generation and techies. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the uh, crazy things that we basically had to do is try to assume that we can actually get an easy name. Uh, it was a very positive challenge for us uh, to actually now try get a name for the product. So we spent a couple of uh, months trying to get the, uh, a product name that has not been taken. 
uh, which we, we could actually, you know, kind of uh, harvest our intellectual property mm -hmm. in regards to trademarking. So that was the first, but we finally came up uh, with a very good name. And that the name we decided to give our saving product is known as Okonga. So the company is known as Sevrap, but the product is known as Okonga. Mm -hmm. And Okonga stems from the Zulu word meaning savings. Mm. Okay, so that, that was a positive challenge for us because we assumed, uh, you know, in our in our minds that uh, you can come up with any word and find it available, but that was not the case. But after basically getting that out, we actually had that. That was the first a positive challenge we had. Uh, the other challenge that we've basically been experiencing was, of course, you know, um, you know, startups, you know, uh, work with a very, uh, you know, a string budget, shoestring budget, mm -hmm. if no budget at all. So it was a matter of now how do we basically convince people to join the team, you know, uh, with this kind of, you know, a very difficult financial challenging environment. You can imagine starting a company, a company in the wake of the COVID-19 uh, virus period, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, investors were not giving money, uh, you know, uh, accelerators were not open, uh, you know, the little savings that, uh, you know, as the founders probably you had, you know, had basically been depleted. Uh, so that was challenging, uh, but I'm quite happy that I did manage to get a team of nine on board, and uh, the team has been with me for this long, and we have built, you know, a very uh, inspiring, interesting, and innovative product for our customers. And that sounds great, and and yes, I mean, definitely a challenge uh, getting funding in Africa, and as far as I'm aware, you guys are funded by Friends and Family Round, uh, so you are looking for your first seed stage investment um, at the Angel Fair Africa event uh, and looking to raise, uh, I believe it's uh, $1 million, is that correct? Yes, Jason. So generally, it's, it's been a beautiful journey support from friends, family, uh, mm -hmm. friends, and some angel friends. Um, um, we are humbled and excited to state that our pre-seed round was oversubscribed. Okay. Uh, and now we're basically doing a seed round of a million to basically enable us scale up our, our project. Great. Well, uh, before we, we dive a bit more into, into your company and your product, I just wanted to take a moment to, to maybe get to know you personally a bit better. And I know um, being an entrepreneur can be one of the most challenging things as, a, as personally as an individual. So I just wanted to know in, in your sense, what, what has been the biggest learning that you've taken as this entrepreneurial journey? And, and what has been that like running your own business uh, for yourself? Um, Jason, I think I'll sum it up to uh, probably two words, if I'm allowed. One is patience and second is humility. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of sum that up, you know, with the hard work that we put in, then you can simply say that I've learned a lot of grit. Uh, but I want to emphasize on patience and humility because uh, entrepreneurs are misunderstood. Sometimes people assume that we don't know what we're doing. Sometimes people assume that we have a lot of money. Uh, you know, sometimes people yeah. assume that we're lazy. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so it's a combination of all things. Uh, but I think, and I strongly believe that I've actually learned to be more patient and humble uh, in my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Um, that's great. And I think definitely two key points there, both the patience and humility. But, but linking to that humility, one of the things that we tend not to share culturally is, is our failures. And, and they can be some of the best forms of learnings uh, for other entrepreneurs and for ourselves. You know, you don't fail until you do. Um, so would you be willing to share some of uh, the failures that you've had on this journey, whether it is with Save App or before, that has really taught you something that, that has shaped the way you approach um, problems that you face now? Yeah, man, uh, Jason, if, if I have to go through the list, I don't think <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, I actually, first of all, you know, uh, thank my God that, you know, uh, we have to do this and basically uh, fail. I think there's somebody who said that if you don't fail, then you've not tried. Exactly. And of course, I have a lot of failures that have basically been, you know, making me a better man every single day. And of course, a better entrepreneur every single day. And I think one of the key things uh, uh, that I've picked up through my entrepreneur journey is, uh, uh, you know, not trusting so much, you know, in terms of uh, your business uh, people. You have to be very careful in terms of whom you actually pick in terms of uh, your entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. uh, because come to think of it and having experienced it, it's more or less like a marriage. Yeah. Uh, and you have to be extremely super right in picking up your partner. Uh, you know, uh, because people get into this uh, for, for the wrong reasons. Uh, so if your vision is not aligned to your partner, then, you know, it, it comes out as a problem. Uh, so one of the things that I've been very careful about now is to uh, do I really need a partner? Uh, and if yes, what kind of partner do I need? So that is critical. That's the first failure. Second, uh, which I learned from. Second failure, which I learned from is um, it's good to actually start looking for financial support and any other form of support way much earlier into entrepreneurial journey. Mm. Uh, I think uh, as Africans, uh, especially as Africans in, in, in this ecosystem, we have an urge to actually prove our ideas work first before we look for funding, mm -hmm. which is pretty good. Uh, but what I've learned over time is you need to get the funding, uh, if not early, but at least parallel to you implementing you know, the ideas that you have in, you know, in your head. Uh, otherwise, at some point, you're basically going to face a lot of uh, challenges and uh, they might, you know, force you to close down. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you that one. And then definitely it also enables you to pivot when you, when you maybe face a barrier. If you have that uh, funding or you have that uh, concept already set, then you're able to, to pivot rather than just, uh, you know, close up shop, you're able to see what is working in the market. So definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, so thanks for that. And, and I think it's definitely some great learning there for some of the entrepreneurs listening. Uh, moving back to, to SafeApp and uh, Ukonda, your, your, your product, I just wanted um, to, to maybe understand a little bit more. I mean, you, you mentioned that, that your saving app is, a, is passive saving, and I know you have traction with over 100 users. Um, so do you want to give me a bit more understanding of what is unique with your, your proposition and, and what is your unique value proposition for, for the product? That's, that's, that's a brilliant question, uh, Jason. And um, if, if you look at the saving landscape globally, it's, it's, it's a bit uh, sad, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, Africa uh, is actually lagging behind when it comes to the aspects of saving. Uh, it is actually estimated that uh, at least uh, 90% of uh, the African population does not have uh, any form of saving, okay? Um, among the very many factors uh, that basically can be attributed to this sad situation is uh, the infrastructure that is available for saving, mm -hmm. the costs associated with it, and you know the inefficiencies, uh, if not ineffectiveness, you know basically you know associated with the current systems of traditional savings. Mm -hmm. Because adjacent, uh, I believe, um, you know, you and I have talked about this. You are raised in Kenya stayed here for a couple of time. You're now in Mauritius, which is still an African country. Yeah, what yeah. we have been taught, of, you know, as Africans is um, I have to get employed. Uh, let's say get a salary of $1,000. And then out of the $1,000 every month, I'll probably want to put $100, you know, in a saving team somewhere. Uh, so that it can help me in my rainy days. Okay. But we are a communal society. And uh, probably the next month, after two weeks, my cousin falls ill. I'll definitely have to remove my savings to actually help them, okay? Yeah. 
So that is the current situation. It is extremely very tedious and there's nothing innovative about it. So with the experience that uh, you know, I actually experienced at uh, the supermarket, I did realize that we're actually losing all this money, this spare change, that at some point we assume it's little, but it is not little. Just to put you into perspective, in Kenya alone, we're looking at just close to 100 billion Kenyan shillings in terms of spare change lying around in at least 20 million homesteads, okay? So imagine a situation whereby I am enabled when I go for my shopping, I save as well. And that is where the concept of passive saving comes in, that I'm able to spend as well as save. Okay? And, and that is essentially what we're doing. So Jason goes to the supermarket, goes to any retail points, his changes two, two pence, two cents, he doesn't need it, says, please put it in my conga, and he saves whatever he wants to save it for. Yes, uh, fantastic. Uh, a really, really interesting model, and and I, and I like the concept, and definitely aligns in terms of some of the cultural barriers that we tend to have with saving and and that access to money. Uh, just out of curiosity, um, in terms of of your business itself, in t- how does the business model work? How how are you going to be looking at monetizing this? Are you currently monetizing it now, or is this something that you plan for the future? So interestingly, Jason, uh, as good as our African businesses are, we first of all have to see the money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not... It's not uh, that, that, that is the beauty of being an African entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, probably the money is not much at the moment, but of course we have a very solid business model. Right. So uh, we're looking at essentially making our money from the transactional costs. Mm-hmm. So Jason will need his you know, money in some app uh, there's a transaction cost to that. Uh, of course, uh, once Jason deposits this money, uh, we're able to basically push it to our strategic partners. Uh, in this regard, we have signed up uh, United Bank for Africa, which is uh, one of the strongest pan-African banks in this continent in 20 African countries, serving over 31 million customers. And our Konga users have an ability to push their passive savings uh, into Konga that will be directed to the UBA Bank for further investments. And um, Sukonga are actually able to make investment commissions from there. Uh, we have also strategically partnered uh, with Octagon Pension Funds, uh, one of the largest uh, you know, and most innovative pension funds in East and Central Africa, and backed by Sunlam uh, for the rest of Africa, whereby if Jason decides to actually invest his loose change you know, to the pension uh, aspect, we are actually able to direct that money to uh, Octagon and they actually invested and Jason is actually able to make a, you know, an investment commission out of this. So uh, yeah. in short, we're making money from transactions and investment commissions and deals. Great. And then definitely almost a, a blessing in that curse about, about the African situation. You, you've definitely seemed to have a, a very secure understanding of the way you, you are looking to make money and, and also to monetize and ensure that you're able to show that traction and that, that customers are willing to pay. Uh, it's interesting, you're definitely a volume-based business, but as you point out with that 100 billion Kenya shillings lying around, the market seems large enough to, to absorb that and, and definitely something that the volume uh, is there for, for these kind of initiatives. So uh, really interesting and, and thank you for sharing that. Um, now I'd like us to, to maybe project into the future a bit and just to understand in terms of your, your mission or, your, or, or what you've envisaged for your company uh, in, in the next five years or at the height of your success. I, it seems that you want to change the market, but how does that um, change look to you? How do you think um, Safe App can have an impact on, on this uh, 
environment. Uh, Jason, uh, from, from, from a future perspective, which essentially a lot of people call it future, but um, it's one of the various vision or mission that you know an entrepreneur has to ask themselves when they're starting an entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. And for us at this particular moment, and when we were starting the company, it was where do we want to be in the next five years? Mm -hmm. um, I must say critically, Jason, for us, uh, we had twofold uh, objectives. One, of course, was the impact base, and secondly, the financial base, and I'll basically be able to speak to both of them. Mm -hmm. So from an impact base, we're looking at a situation of essentially enhancing you know, the financial health and financial inclusion uh, uh, you know, um, ecosystem or arena uh, within Africa. Because you do realize that uh, from a financial health and financial inclusion perspective, Africa is still lagging behind. Okay, so we are providing an innovation that basically provides an infrastructure and solution that enables us to increase financial inclusion and increase financial health in this continent. From a financial perspective, we do hope that at least we would have tapped into 30% you know, of the savings market in Africa, if not more. Uh, and we do believe that will essentially give us you know, a good financial footing as a company, but more so would have enabled us to impact positively the financial life and financial health, as well as financial well-being of our users. That's, uh, that's, uh, sounds, uh, sounds great. And, and, and we, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, I love that two-pronged approach with the, the impact on the financial and having the benefits of both. Uh, definitely something that we see a lot more companies in, in the, the modern ecosystems doing. And, and I think it's part of how to be successful is to have that impact on both sides, which is great. Well, well, thank you thank so much. You. And I know that the, the time uh, goes rather quickly, but what we have uh, time left for is uh, an interesting question that we have developed in, in regards to the Angel Fair Africa event, which is basically uh, we had uh, asked some investors what they would ask entrepreneurs. So I have a, a question from an investor and it was basically, um, I know that you're looking for one million, uh, raising $1 million seeds, uh, seed fund. However, the question we have today is, if you were to receive your first $500,000, how would you spend the money? What would you do with it first? That's a brilliant question, Jason. The first thing that I'll basically do with that money is essentially uh, uh, enhance the retention of my current team to basically you know, continue boosting up their, you know, uh, their motivation. The second thing that I will do with that money is basically bring on board some three or four or five hires that are very critical to our team because we're kind of overstretched at the moment. Uh, the third thing that I'll essentially do with that money is basically, you know, now set up the proper uh, onboarding and marketing infrastructure uh, that we basically need at SaveUp to essentially uh, enable more people to know about our product. Uh, last but not least, I will essentially use uh, the money to basically farm up our, tech our technology and also basically, you know, make it, try to make it way much better uh, than it is. Uh, that sounds great. And, and definitely see your priority there on team, which is something that um, a lot of entrepreneurs tend to miss out. It, it's not a solo sport. You, you need a, a great talent, uh, access to talent, a great team in order to, to be able to reach some of the, your, your five-year goals and to really fulfill the, the goal and vision of the company. So we wish you the best of luck, both, both in the company and the upcoming pitch uh, for Angel Fair Africa. Um, just wanted to say to the listeners, been listening to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa, the podcast for African entrepreneurs. And I would also like to extend my thanks to Aziz, um, the CEO and founder of SafeApp, and we wish you the best of luck. So if you haven't- Jason, um, 
Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Aziz. And um, if you're listening and you like the episode or want any further information, please link, uh, take a look at the link in the bio and also share, rate and uh, comment. So thank you so much and look forward to the next session.